0: In the last podcast, I talked about some of my favorite components that I love to build. So if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go and check that one out before listening to this one. It might spark a couple of ideas for some components that you might want to build. I'm not going to cut that out. Let's leave it in there. anyway uh in this podcast i wanted to actually give you some tips for building components like the ones i talked about in the previous podcast and so these are four tips that i've found particularly useful in building components and they're related to things that i've had problems with in the past this i definitely did not get building components right the first time i'm sure i probably still haven't gotten it right but these are some tips that have definitely guided me along the way and that i've i've learned through several mistakes by making many 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 base components some of them awesome some of them a complete disaster that ended up in the trash but <laughs> always a blast anyway the first tip is oh should i start with a story or just tell you the tip the tip no i want to tell you the the reason the tip is important first so one of the problems that i used to have building these components is that i would just get over the moon excited it's, you know, it's one of those things where you you wake up at like 6 a.m., 5 a.m. or whatever, and you think to yourself, oh, my gosh, I've got an amazing idea for a component. It's going to make my life so much better. And then you know I can't get back to sleep, and then my brain's just ticking and ticking and going, oh, I can do this with it. I can do that with it. It's going to be really awesome, and it's going to create this really cool experience, and it's going to have like all these colors and blah. And so my brain goes wild. I come into work the next day, and then I start coding and coding and coding and coding, and I come up with this component And then it's cool, and I start using it. But then in a month's time, I try and use that component again. And it's like, oh, hang on. Uh, I kind of need it to not do this thing that it does automatically for me. How can I disable that? And then I start adding like adding like disable flags. And by the way, if you if you're adding flags to disable things in your component, that is a bad sign. You probably need a refactor there. You usually want to follow. Um, this is what I found. I could totally be wrong, but usually you want to follow an additive approach where you're adding things through attributes on your component rather than taking things away rather than having a whole bunch of features and opting out of features that's usually not the best approach and it makes your component a complete pain to use uh especially for people that just want to use it for smaller things so this is my first problem where I would try and do everything in the component and make it this one big magical pile of awesomeness. And by the way, um, Razvan, the creator of Quasar, does a phenomenal job of walking this line of giving you the magic of components, um, you know, the, the bits of magic, but also keeping them super raw. So sometimes there's, there's these like little tidbits of magic where you go, oh, that's really cool. But for the most part, um, His compo- components are mostly about design. They're mostly about looking good and giving you a good experience modeling data on those components, making them easy to extend. But by default, they're actually incredibly basic. So the first tip is do as little as possible. Razvan has done a phenomenal job doing most of the work for you. For any, for most of the components that you will want to build on top of Razvan's components, on top of Quasar's components, um, most of the work is probably already done for you. So do as little as possible. Don't you probably don't want to be giving your components colors? Now, now, granted, sometimes you have a component that is kind of an orchestrating component. It orchestrates a whole bunch of other components under it. In that case, you might want to do things like adding colors and the like. But usually you want that orchestrating component to be the one that is in charge of the styling all right so you don't want your components to be doing all of this styling all of this trying to look good you know adding flashy things here showing a dialogue you 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 almost never want to have a dialogue not a dialogue sorry a notification show based on the result of a component this is a mistake i used to make um components should not cause Uh, your base components should not cause um, notifications to appear. That is the job of the parent component. So it should emit events that the parent component picks up and maybe it will then show like a notification. Anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. So tip number one, do as little as possible and use the opt-in approach, okay? Your components can have some fancy bells and whistles, but you should need to opt in for those bells and whistles. You should have to use slots to add things here and there. And that kind of brings me on to the next um, tip, and I'm going to just tell you this one straight up. Try to do things the Quasar way. And what do I mean by that? First of all, things like naming slots. So for example, with the Q input component, um, Razvan uses append and prepend, and he uses before and after. So append, there's a slight difference. Append and prepend will be inside of the input component, before and after will be outside of the component. Now, if you follow that convention with a lot of your components, it means that people are going to be able to understand your API better. And honestly, it means that you are going to understand your API better. If we start coming up with our own names for things and we think, oh, actually I've got a better idea for this name, then you know what? It might actually be a better name, however, just because it's a better name to you, it doesn't mean it's going to be easier for other people to consume. And it's it's not going to be easier for you to consume in the future because you'll be used to using Quasar's conventions. So as you get to know Quasar, as you get to know the conventions that Quasar uses, try and follow them as closely as you can when you're building your own components. And then you'll it'll almost be like your component is a Quasar component. If you almost feel sometimes like you're working with quasar directly when you're using your own components that is a good sign that you've built a nice smooth component that's following closely to the quasar api um the team has put a lot of thought into naming things for that library so it would be a good idea to follow them as closely as you can um and this goes for attributes as well so not just slots the way attributes are named um and also the way emits are named so the way um the the events that are emitted from components also have a very consistent API in Quasar, and we want to follow that. So first one is do as little as possible in your component and have an opt-in approach. The second one is try to do things the Quasar way. Now, the third one is, um, this is kind of a thing that I try to use, not just with my base components, but all throughout my applications. And one, let me just tell the story behind this. One of the problems I've had is understanding what my component does. Often I'll open the component and then I'll see my props. And you know, my props might just be an array, for example. Um, I might be using arrays for my props and it might have a name that makes no sense to me. Like it might be color. And how do I know that that is a, um, okay, that's actually, that was a bad example. How about validation? So imagine that you've got an attribute called validation that you're passing down to a component and that could be an array or it could be an object and so how do i know the type of that then eventually i found out that you can actually use types in quasar or this is actually a view related thing where you can say um for your for your props you can say for example validators and then you make that an object and within that you can say the type is an object so you know that your validators now is an object it's not an array and then you can also give it a default value as well so if nothing is passed through then you might make that an array by default so this is super super helpful for later on down the line when you need to go back and find out what actually needs to be passed through so always that brings us to tip number three always use types especially for booleans so i always use that object um, when i'm doing props you know make sure that it's an object rather than array so that i know what the type is Um, i can give it a default value if i need to and it gives me that extra layer of validation but more importantly um, it's the second best thing to documentation right it's kind of like um you know using typescript using typescript gives you that extra documentation as you're writing your code this is kind of something that we get for free with view, adding in that extra little bit of typing. And then we get that thing in our console to say, hey, you actually passed me through the wrong thing. You sent me an array and it should have been an object. And that is so, so helpful with your your components. So I highly recommend always using types, especially for Booleans. Now, why especially for Booleans? Because if you try and pass through an attribute, uh, let's just say, for example, hide toolbar, you have an attribute called hide toolbar. If you set the type to boolean, then you can simply say hide-toolbar and it will automatically convert that property to the value of true. If you don't give it a type of boolean, it actually doesn't work properly. You actually then need to say um, colon hide-toolbar is equal to true. And that API kind of sucks. So if you set it to a Boolean in the types, you can just say hide-toolbar dash and behind the scenes, view is automatically going to set the property hide-toolbar to true. So tip number three, always use types, especially for Booleans. So do as little as possible. Try to do things the Quasar way, always use types. Now, the last one is ask yourself, would it make more sense to just use a composable? Now, I used to go to town with my components. I used to have a component for... um, And honestly, this kind of used to make sense before Vue 3 existed and we had composables. But I used to have, for example, a model select component. Um, And basically what I could do with that is pass it a model and give it a field as well. And when I select something on um, on that component, it would automatically update... The model that i passed through so super super helpful i also had this for inputs so you could type something into an input. you give that input a model you tell it what field you want to update and then when you unfocus from that input, it will automatically send a request to uh, my back end use because it knows the model i pass through the model and the model knows how to persist data on the back end and then that would update it in the view store so it was really nice to use a super super easy way to sort of connect my back end to my components the problem is as your application grows it can be difficult to swap things out and you can actually get a few performance problems here as well where you have to do things like adding in listeners and you have to deal with um, reverting data and stuff like that and this is actually much easier to achieve using a composable. And apart from it being easier to achieve, it also means that we get we get much better typing when we're using composables. It's hard to get nice typing when you're not using the composition API. So since the release of the composition API, I've tried to make a hardcore rule for myself: try to use components. For rendering only, I try not to put too much logic about things like my API. If, if possible, and usually I can do this, I don't want my components to have any logic of the API. So, this is the new way that I do it now. I will have a composable that is, for example, use model form, or maybe like use post model form, however you end up doing it. And then, what that composable will give you back is a sample of your data in a form so you can model that form data that you get back. It can also have loading. So you could have, for example, um, just a Boolean that's called loading that you can pull out of that composable. Uh, another thing that you might pull out is a save function. So, and you might even want to. Ex- um, you might even want to simplify this further and have like a use create post form or something like that. I haven't really thought this through. Um, but the, the idea is you have a composable that handles a lot of that logic for you and you can pull out of it things like, um, yeah, like I'll just mention the form, whether or not it's loading and then a function where you can save it. And if you, ha- if you basically create that composable, you use that composable on the parent, then you send down to the child component attributes. So for example, whether or not it's loading, uh, the data that it needs to be modeling, stuff like that is actually sent down to the component. And so the component doesn't actually have any knowledge of how it creates something on the back end. The parent component uses a composable and the composable has that knowledge. This is a fantastic separation of concerns that we can get with the composition API. And so I'm not sure I explained that very well. I definitely plan on um, exploring this concept further in the future. I'm gonna do some live streams on it later on down the line and also create a series where we talk about the composition API and more of these advanced concepts, but that's a little bit later on. And honestly, that'll probably end up being a paid series because I wanna make sure I've done my due diligence in terms of research there but basically i'm trying to say take the time to learn the composition api if you haven't already learn about composables and ask yourself before you create a base component would it make more sense to just use a composable because a lot of the time these base components are doing too much they have too much knowledge and this is a problem that i certainly ran into and so when i asked myself that question would it make more sense as a composable since the composition api came out i found that a lot of my components were turning into composables and it is wonderful it is a much nicer cleaner way to code and it is far easier to change code in the future doing things this way So those tips again. Do as little as possible. Try to do things the Quasar way. Always use types, especially for Boolean. And when I say always use types, I mean on props. So always use types in your props and ask yourself, would it make more sense to just use a composable? So I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope I didn't lose you too much. But you know, it's nice to have podcasts where we go a little bit deeper um, and get into the nitty gritty of things. So yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It turned out to be 15 minutes, but I had a blast. So I hope you enjoyed it too. And yeah, check out quasarcast.com register if you want to be one of the first people to see this series when it comes out, when I start talking about building components and using composables. And I will see you in the next podcast. Oh, and don't forget, there is nothing you can't build. Bye for now.